Holy Spirit, you just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, God. I just want to, I want to just flow with where God's going. I don't want to get sidetracked just because I have another message. I know the message goes actually quite along with this, but I just want to, just want to make sure I honor the presence right now. So, Lord, we just, right now, we just say, Lord, we come even another awareness of you in our homes, in our cars. Lord, God, I pray your spirit would move upon us, God. Lord, we say we're hungry for more. Lord, we say, Lord God, we thank you for what you just did, but I, we want more. Because, Lord, you're awakening our hearts in this season. You're awakening us once again. Because it's a great day. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be living. But that's a choice you wake up every morning to decide. It's either you look out your window and decide by what you see, or you decide what's in the Word of God. And it says today is a great day. It says that God is for me and not against me. It says that he loves me with an everlasting love. Come on, world. It says he died. He sent a son for this world because he loves each and every one of you. Everyone watching right now, you may see uh, some stuff going on in here. It's for you at home too. You have to choose to wake yourself up. Choose to stir yourself up at home. Don't use the excuse that you're not in a church building to say, I don't have enough. It's time to get past that. How about we get past just using Sunday mornings to fill up our tanks and then we try to make it to Sunday? How about we start getting back to actually filling up every day on your own? Because on, on, we have to take, yes, there's been a, we're all frustrated that we couldn't be gathering together for these seasons, but we have to have learned something. Come on, this has been a time to seek the face of God. And I'm telling you, you still have time. Keep going for it. Whew, just reminded, uh, whoo. Yeah, the presence is good. You guys, it's a time for hope. You know, when David came to down, this is not my message, but when David came down to bring food to his brothers and he sees this Philistine, this Goliath standing before him, and he said, what is this? Why? Because he had been with Jesus. Because he's been with his father and he knew that there's no way that in him would allow that man to be speaking against God's people and defying God. But what I feel to actually share right now, I got, it, it just during the, what was going on in this room, is when he decides to fight Goliath and he has to put some armor on, or Saul wants him to put some armor on. And what happens? David tells Saul something that is so important, and it's time for us if you're feeling discouraged right now, it's time for you to realize, because we all have a God story. We've all had times when God has come through. It is time to remind yourself of what God has done for you. Stop looking at what seems to be wrong, but look for what he has done. Look for the time that you killed the bear. I'm going to read this because it's power in the word. 1 Samuel 17, 33. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for you are just a youth, but a mere man of, be a, and he be a man of war from his youth. Come on, isn't that, come on, the devil's constantly going to tell you you're not good enough. He's going to tell you enough, but you have to choose to believe what God says, that his spirit is in you and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Come on, the same spirit that created, raised Christ Jesus from the dead, it was in within you. These are what you got to declare. Verse 34 says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it. Come on. 
on the offense. Church, let's get on the offense. And delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard. Come on, you guys, you gotta picture this. Caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be one of them, seeing he's defied the armies of God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from this hand of the Philistines. And Saul said, go, and the Lord be with you. You guys, we have to have that rise up in us, that burning in us to say we have seen God move. We need to concentrate on what he has done for us, because I'm saying it because it stirs you up. It pushes you, you know what? It pushes you to go back and spend time with the Father. It pushes you back to say, I can do it again, God. Let's do it again. Throw me in the ring again. Come on. Church, this is a great day. I'm going to constantly say that because it is. It's a choice. We have to remember that God is moving, and he wants to use you. He wants to flow through you. Mark 1.15 says this in the Passion Translation. I feel this is a declaration. Jesus said this, you guys. Jesus' message was this, quote, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. It's time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Oh, I'm going to read that part again. At last the fulfillment of the age has come. It is what? Time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in his fullness. That was the message of Jesus. And it's the same message today, church. It's the same message. We need to learn to experience the fullness of God's kingdom today. We are the hope to this nations because Christ in us. We need to learn. The rest of the verse says, turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. Turn your lives back to God. Come on, we have to constantly be turning back to him. It's about being with him. If you're not looking at him, turn back to him. It's, that's how easy it is. He actually has never left. He never leaves us, you guys. He never forsakes us. We need to turn back and get back to what it says the gospel. The gospel is what? It's Jesus Christ came, died, and rose again for us. Why? So we can experience it now, heaven on earth. Jesus went around preaching the good news. Whew. The gospel in, in the Aramaic is put your trust in a joyful message of hope. This translation merges both constants making it the hope-filled gospel. You guys, we need to release the hope-filled gospel. We got to be stopped being ashamed of our faith. I'm talking to all of us. When we're out somewhere, you actually have somebody that you, something in you that is actually going to touch the world. It is surprising. Once you get past that awkward moment when you're dying to yourself and you're testifying Jesus, you get to see how people are hungry. They're hungry to find the truth. We are a new creation. But we have to choose to change our thought patterns. In the, in the King James Version, a new King James Version, Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. We have to start changing our thinking. We preach this one way and another way because it's, we're constantly talking about because it's so important. 
It, your life depends on what you speak. I heard it the other day, I heard a, a message and somebody was saying, it's interesting, the devil, when you wake up, he's listening because he doesn't know what you're thinking, so he wants to hear what you're saying, what you're declaring. If you get up and say, oh no, it's another COVID day, no, I get up and say, no, it's another day of glorious time to push into the glory of God, to see God move on my behalf, to see heaven touch earth. I choose to say, I am filled with the power of God. I'm a blood-bought saint. Come on, you're a blood-bought saint, filled with the Holy Ghost, ready to move in power. Come on. In the Passion Translations, Romans 12, 2 says this. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Oh, I like that. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. A total reformation of how you think. That is the key. But you can't do it on your own. You can, you can do every, try all you want, but without the Holy Spirit, your mind will not shift. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to renew you. Because you're a spiritual being. And your mind's going to get caught up in other things, but you need to be renewed. So your spirit can be alive. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. He wants you to live a great life, guys. Satisfying and perfect, perfect in, your, in your eyes. There's a footnote in the Passion Translation I read, want to read. It's talking about the culture. It says, don't be squeezed into the mold of the present age. Paul uses this Greek word aeon, which means spaces of time or present time. The Aramaic word carries the same idea, but much deeper in meaning. The Aramaic word is alma, which means to surround. It's like being surrounded in time. But Paul is, not, is warning us not to be conformed to this world surrounded by time. This is temporal world. We're not supposed to be squeezed into a mold in this world system, you guys. That's why, even in this season, you're feeling the pressure. Because you're not made to live in this pressure. You're made to experience heaven. And you're supposed to be dwelling as a heavenly being on this earth, bringing it, experiencing it. Everywhere you move, it should be shifting the atmosphere. But it's a choice. Every moment's a choice. You have to decide to believe what the Word of God says, that you are full of His presence. You have to burn again. Come on, are we going to be on the offense or the defense? I'm choosing, and I know Brent and this church is going offensive. We never stop, to be honest. It may not look what you guys, people may think it's supposed to look like, but we're pushing forward. Come on. Because I want to remind you, during when Jesus walked on this earth, Jesus Christ, there was a lot of political, a lot of chaos, and a lot of stuff going against the Jews and against the Hebrews, against what Jesus was doing. But guess what? He kept on reminding his disciples to focus on heaven, to focus on Jesus, to focus on his Father. And he didn't say, go and fight. He said, go and heal the sick. He said, go and bless. Go and release my kingdom. Show them I'm a loving Father. I'm not a fighter. I'm a, he's a fighter too. There's a warrior of God, so don't miss. He caught me real fast on that one. But you know, but God wants us to live like he walked. There's people, I'm gonna, there's people called to fight for the church in the courts. It's awesome. Bless them. Release more anointing on them. 
But us as believers, if you don't have that, go after the kingdom, which is going to manifest in signs, wonders, miracles, the presence of God, the blessing of heaven, people saved, set freed, and delivered. Isn't that what the disciples of John the Baptist went to ask Jesus' disciples, or Jesus, what's going on? Is he the Messiah? He sent back the word. Do you see the heaven? Do you see heaven touching earth? Miracles are happening. The people are getting set free. He didn't even have to say yes because the yes is the definition. Whoo! Jesus. That's good in here. 2 Corinthians 10:5. Oh, we can demolish every we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the truth, knowledge of God. So we can that's the key word here. These are the verses you need to get up and say. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that's going on in your mind. We can stay focused. I don't, even if you have a mental situation, we just pray for a miracle to come over you. Come on, we, we declare that, that that's not true. You actually are life-giving, filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. Woo. That opposes God and breaks through every arrogant attitude. Come on, that's something we all need to break. That is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. You guys... That's a key word in this day. We need to stick with the true knowledge of God. But I'm telling you, don't get caught up in the fight. The other day, talk about social media. I see on Facebook, there's, there's some guy talking about trying to mess with everybody, saying that, oh, Jesus wasn't actually in the original Hebrew and all this, all this stuff. And you know what? It was causing a fight. We've got to get caught up in that. You know what? That's nonsense. Jesus is the true knowledge. They're, they're, the enemy's always going to try to tell you that it's not real. Get, get used to that. He's a liar. He's deceptive. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not here to give you life. Jesus did. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it's bow its knee, bow in obedience to the what? The anointed one. That's Jesus, guys. He's the anointed one. We need to bow our knee. Come on. That's what was going on even in this worship. Their presence came in the room. And what was happening? People were bowing. People were coming and laying before the Lord. Why? Because when the king of glory comes, when the presence of God, it is not something just to go, oh, yeah, we had the presence today. No, we need to learn to honor the presence. We need to learn to recognize. It changes you when you actually get in the presence and actually realize that it actually affects you and say, Lord, I don't want to just be in the presence. I want to be filled with the presence. We are not to be satisfied in this season of just getting by. We need to get hungry. We need to get hungry. Oh, gee, wow. Okay. Lord, I just thank you. I just, there's something I just felt like the Lord just reminded me of, of the alabaster jar. It's time to break open the alabaster jar again. Okay, once, yeah. Oh, shut Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. I remember this. Jesus. Luke 7, I think it's 36. Here it goes. Afterward, a Jewish religious leader named Simeon asked Jesus to the home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. When he went to Simeon's home, he took this place, his place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman in the streets known to be a, a prostitute. Oh, boy. When she heard about Jesus being in Simeon's house, she looked, took an exquisite flask made from alabaster. 
I've heard studies, they say it's like a year's wage. That people, and it was actually in a, in a bottle that was actually, well, you couldn't open it and close it. It had to be broken. So it was all or nothing, folks. That is the constant message of heaven. It's all or nothing. He went right into their home of the Jewish religious leaders and knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests. Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with tears. Come on, she's giving it all. And fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with the long hair over and over. She kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened, come on, her flask, which they say would have been broken to do it, and anointed his feet, you guys. This is costly. With her costly perfume as an act of worship. Man, and guess what happens after that, guys? People start ridiculing her. We don't want to be the ones ridiculing. You want to be the one at the feet of Jesus. And when you see somebody getting wrecked, when you see somebody going after more of Jesus, please don't be the one that goes, oh, there they go again. No, encourage them. Come on, don't allow your own, <laughs> it's pride. It's, you see something, oh, no, they're going for it. No, you st- let it stir you up. Look, worry about yourself. Come on, don't be like, oh, I know them. They, they have a bad past. That's why they need more of Jesus. No, you need to go after Jesus. We all do. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Come on. This is not a season. This is to hold back. It's time to break the alabaster's jars again. It's time to just get wrecked, to go after them, to look crazy. Come on. Where, come on. Come on. When are we going to? Where's the gold dust and the diamonds showing up? Why not in your home today? Why? Oh, why are you saying gold dust and diamonds? Why not? It's a sign that causes you to wonder. Come on. You know what's cool? I got kids, and we've been watching this. We'd actually just look up on YouTube and look up, oh, gold dust. The kids love it. Why? Because they're like children. They want to see the miraculous. They want to see it, and I owe it to them to show it to them. Not just on YouTube, but to live it. Jesus is asking. He just wants to spend time. You know what happened yesterday? I have a little five-year-old, almost six, little Kezia, and she comes up to me, and she's, Daddy, Daddy, I need, can you come into my room? I'm like, okay, I was doing something. I said, I'll come. She kept coming. Can you come up to my room? Can you come up to my room? I'm like, okay, it must be something she wants to show you. Show me. So I'm like, finally I make up the room. And I said, okay, Kezia, because I'm methodical. So I'm like, okay, Kezia, what do you want to do? Oh, lie on the bed. Why am I lying on the bed, Kezia? Just lie on the bed, Dad. And then she just came over and just hugging me. And I didn't even get it. I was like, okay, Kezia, what are we doing? And she kept on hugging me. And I said, Kezia, what are we doing? Ooh, it's like when you cuddled me, Dad. And I, all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, whoa, my goodness. She actually has nothing else that she wanted. She made this big deal. She just wanted to hug me, just to be with me. That's Jesus, guys. He just wants you to come up and be with him. That's all he wants. He's not looking for anything else. And we have to learn to be okay with that. Oh, I'll tell you, it's hard, even especially when you're a minister, to go in and just be, just to be. You have to train and make sure you stay in that place. Because, of course, we're always like, oh, that's another message. Which isn't wrong, because that's where you get them from, is the presence. Whew. We need to live in expectation. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, Things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all what? His lovers. For his lovers. That's the key, what I was talking about. You need to be a lover. You need to spend time. You that are married, those who are dating somebody, you don't spend time with the person you're, you're in love with. You're, what would that show? 
There's, come on, there's people right now that are married that need to learn to spend more time with their spouse so they can fall more in love. Come on, we need to actually spend the time. We need to actually take the time to get to know, to, to commune with Jesus, guys. Come on, we all know we want it. We all want to be filled. We all know we want more of Jesus. But what's holding you back? Figure that out. Because he's not the one holding back. He is constantly pursuing you. He's constantly going after you. He constantly wants more. You get as much, I like Brent, but Brent uses this word again. You get as much as Jesus as you want. Get that? He says you get as much of Jesus as you want. Simply said, you get to be with the Lord as much as you want to be with the Lord because he's always there. We got to stop making excuses of why we're not seeing things and not even worry about it and just go after more. We get consumed. Oh, why? We don't need 20 reasons why we lost the healing. Let's figure out why we, let's just see more healings. Why? Seriously, we get so caught up. A simple truth is this, and we have to remind, this is sad that we have to remind ourselves of this. The devil isn't equal to God. He's not his nemesis. He's not his equal. They're not there fighting. He's a fallen angel. God's, you can't get up past that. The separation is, is, in, is affinity. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflow with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him, and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life. I've said this before from here, and I'll say it again. There's something I burn with because, and I'm not there. I'm preaching to myself. But you'll notice if you study history, if you study the great moves of God, the men and women that push further, the ones that we're all like, ah, like the Smith Wigglesworth, like how did he get to where he was? And you'll always find somewhere that I found in their notes, somewhere said, they're doing the stuff, they have meetings, and then they say, but it's not enough, because I read the Bible, and there's more in there, and I'm not seeing the fullness of it, and they get, they get stirred up, and they say, I gotta, I gotta die to myself more. I gotta get after more. And they said, that's got to be a more of a filling. Come on, we have to be honest and say we need a fresh filling. We need a fresh anointing. We need to go after the more of God. We have to burn. And you know what? You'll probably look a little crazy and you're going to look a little radical. Guess what? So were the disciples. So was Jesus. They said he was radical. Be radical. Aren't we supposed to look like him? Mark 1.27 says this, the crowd was awestruck and unable to stop saying among themselves, what is this new authority, this new teaching that comes with such authority with merely a word? He commands demons to come out and they obey him. That's Mark 1.27. That, when was the last time somebody said that about us? Come on, church. What is this with such authority? Come on. I'm talking to myself. I want to see more authority. I want to see more power. But you have to know it has to come from him. He's all-powerful. Which comes from being a disciple of him. It's interesting. I, I looked up a, a definition. This is synonyms of a disciple, and I just loved it because it says, it's a, he's a, what's a disciple? It's a follower. A disciple, part of, uh, whatever that means. Who gives full loyalty and support for another. Come on, this is about our relationship with Jesus. 
It's a follower may apply to people who attach themselves either to the person or beliefs of another. An evangelist, his followers adhere, suggests a close and persistent attachment. Come on, this is just the, the Webster Dictionary. It heard its um, disciple implies a devoted allegiance to the teachings of one who has chosen as master. Is Jesus your master? Then we need to devote it on allegiance to the teachings of the one that we choose. It even suggests a zealousness upon prejudice attachment. Basically, we just get wrecked in him. You actually have to follow him, though. He's actually saying, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men to each of us. He took these guys, you guys. They, the disciples weren't some great people. They weren't the, the knowledgeable. They weren't the ones that were so successful. They were actually, a lot of them were outcasts in some ways. The fishermen, the sticky ones. You have no reason to feel that you're going to be rejected by, from God. He will always accept you if you want to follow him. He's calling you. He's calling you deeper. He's calling you into a place of saying, a true disciple, will you get zealous with my teachings? Will you get zealous with my love? Guess what happens when you're a friend of Jesus? It talks, um, Mark 3, 13 to 15. That's Mark 3, 13 to 15. Afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called himself the men he wanted to be his close companions. Come on. I want, who wants to be in that group? So they went up to the mountainside to join him. He appointed the 12 whom he named apostles. He wanted them to continually at his side as he wanted them to be continually at his side. As what? His friends. And so that he could send them out to what? To preach and have authority to heal the sick and cast out demons. You guys, that's the result of getting hungry with God. That's the result of being friends with Jesus. You will see results. You will see and you will burn and it just comes out of you. And you know what? You'll be surprised of the people that you would never expect will come and actually want to hear you. They'll actually want to learn from you. And, you will, and I'll tell you, you will constantly not even feel like when it's real, and when it's really real, you don't go, oh, I feel it, I feel just so much more. No, you, you feel humble. You feel, why in the world they listen to me? Because they're not. They listen to Jesus in you. But you chose to let him speak through you. Because it comes back to your free will and your choice. To say, I'm going to renew my mind. Why? So that it can be renewed in the word and in the spirit, so my spirit can live. Because my spirit is what lives eternal. Oh, yeah. Jesus taught his disciples to declare heaven is here. Matthew 10, 7, 8 says this. And as you, oh, Matthew 10, 7, verse, chapter 10, 7 to 8. And as you go, preach this message. What? Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. We could stop right there. Heaven's realm is accessible. Did he say when you die? No. Did he say when, when the worship team has it to the highest levels and it's all perfect? No. He says right then, it says heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. That's in your home right now. It's in your house. It's in your situation. It's where you're driving. It's in your workplace. It's wherever you are in the mall. Even if you're wearing a mask, you still are accessible to heaven. Close enough to touch. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. Close enough to touch. It's right here. So you know what? Jump in. That's what I say. Don't just see, just don't just realize it's close enough to touch. Just jump right in. 
Get wrecked. You must continually bring healing to lepers and to those who are sick and make it your habit to break all demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life freely. You have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. Guess what? It didn't say. It doesn't say, hey, now you guys are close to the kingdom so your pastors and leaders and evangelists can go and heal the lepers and those who are sick. It says you, all of us. It's us. It's the body of Christ. You have heaven. It's at hand. And these are words from the Bible. We're not making this stuff up. Please go study it again. That's Matthew 10, 7 and 8. If you're, having, if you're down right now, go get that verse and read it over yourself. They are called to preach, to go forth, to call heaven's realm. It's accessible. It's not from us. It's by, it's by his spirit. We all know the verse, Zechariah 4, 6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit, says the Lord. Hmm, time. So Mark 7, verse 32 to 36. I just like reading this because I just, when I was studying this week, I just was laughing how God works because he's demonstrating something here. Some people brought to him a deaf man with a severe speech impediment. They pleaded with Jesus to place his hands on him and heal him. So Jesus led him away from the crowd to a private spot. Then he stuck his fingers into the man's ears and placed some of his saliva on the man's tongue. This is awesome because this guy gets healed. But I want, this is the verse that just the Lord just shone right out to me. Just a simple thing. Then he gazed into heaven, sighed deeply, which is Aramaic for open up now. Oh, no, sorry. Then he gazed into heaven slightly deeply and spoke to man's ears and tongue and said, some word, which is Aramaic for open now. But you guys, remember, Jesus was a teacher. He was demonstrating. Not as a formula, but he he was making a point. He looked to heaven because he's trying to say heaven's touching earth, guys. What's about to happen is because of heaven. It's because heaven's reality has no sickness, there's no deafness. That he's saying, disciples, heaven, look, heaven. Because what? My father, I can see my father. And my father says, heal him. He's going to be healed. You guys, and this is before the cross. Come on. James 4.8 says this. We need to learn, well, first thing I'm going to say, it's le- we need to learn to bring heaven through relationship with God. James 4.8 says, Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come what? Closer to you. And there's a key next, but make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. We got to learn to stop doubting and keep ourselves pure. We need to make sure that these eyes are watching what we need to watch. We need to. You got to consume. These are gates, guys. These are the gates that we see what's happening. And it's a choice. I like it. I, I, uh, my buddy the other day said something. He said, um, we were watching too much television, and it's because we don't have our own vision. And, he said, and I'm like, what? And he says, it's because it says, tell me a vision. Television. I never thought of that before. It's tell me a vision. We need to get our own vision. Come on. It's a, it's a good channel. That's right. Whew. 2 Corinthians 5.20, in the New King James Version says, Now we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf, be, be reconciled to God. In the Passion it says, We are ambassadors of the Anointed One who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. 
It's interesting that word ambassador. It actually was used and it wasn't a religious word. You know what an ambassador is? If you're an ambassador of Canada, let's do the States because they're a little more powerful. An ambassador of the United States. Wherever the ambassador is, he actually is the United States. If you actually study, he becomes the country. He becomes, he's actually in definition, it's a, it's a process. They actually are no longer a citizen. They're, a, they're part, it's a they're citizen, but they're also, they're higher than that. They become literally a physical United States. So when they go somewhere, they are speaking on behalf of the United States. That's what this is saying when we do. We're ambassadors of the kingdom. When you speak on behalf of Jesus, you're actually speaking on behalf of heaven. So when you speak something, something's changing, which is also a scary thought. We need to realize that we actually are very, very powerful. I heard it once said, that you know, a Christian is so much more powerful than the most powerful demonic witch or warlock because we carry the kingdom. We and our words are so powerful. Whew. Ambassadors, guess what? They have no bills. Study this. This is really cool. They don't pay bills anymore when they become the ambassador. They don't have a personal bill anymore. They became actually owned by the country. It's actually a cool study. If you study it, because it makes more sense. So if you actually start living, like that verse is, if I'm an ambassador, I don't have any more bills. Is there Christ's bills? Right? His, what does the word say? He supplies all my needs of what? According to what? His riches. <sighs> Matthew, oh, which changes things, because we need to be reminded of Matthew 6, 31 to 34. It's a simple, but we need to remind ourselves. So then, forsake your, your worries. Why would you say what will you eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear? For that is not the unbelievers ch- need to chase. That's what unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your bodies require? Come on. We need to remember that God knows your needs. He knows what's going on. He knows what's going to come up. But again, you have to renew your mind and actually believe that. I know. I have to renew my mind all the time. So above all, constantly What? Chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all these less important things will be given to you, what? Abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, folks, but deal with each challenge that comes your way, one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Another key thing when it comes to uh, being an ambassador is that it's different. If I'm a citizen, just a normal citizen, and somebody comes up to me and hits me or beats me up. What is that called? And it's called an assault. Go check this out. If you actually come and hit an ambassador, it's actually called an international incident. An international incident. You guys, if somebody, when you get attacked, guess what's happening? It's not about just you. He's coming after heaven. He's coming after the Lord. He fights on our behalf. He fights on our behalf. We gotta remember, there's way more for us than against us. Way more. And we gotta start realizing that. Earlier during this, Brent started sharing, he started seeing angels and stuff. You guys, that's real. Not everyone may see them or not, but burn for it. If you desire desire to see angels, then ask them. Come on, let them open our eyes. Lord, open our eyes more. We wanna see more. But you know what it takes? It takes a choice to believe it. We need to learn the value of the kingdom. 
Matthew 13, 44 through 46, um, Jesus' words, Matthew 14, 13, 44 to 46. Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was a hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he did again. He, he hid it again because of uncovering such a treasure. He was overjoyed and sold all his possessions to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Come on. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave all that he had in exchange for it. You guys, that's an all or nothing attitude. Would you, oh, I, we are all called to different things. So I'm not saying go sell everything you have and get rid of it all, but it is. Make sure your number one focus is Jesus, your number two focus is Jesus, number three focus is Jesus, four, it all works better. Guess what? When, you're, when your second focus is Jesus and your third and fourth and first, as long as your first one is, your marriage is better. Why? Because he gets grace on your life. And you get to start looking like him and loving like him. Jesus is the perfect theology, like Bill Johnson always says. Don't go by experience, you guys. Come on. I heard something, uh, this awesome analogy that said, you got to remember, if you've been praying for someone with cancer and you experienced it and they didn't get healed, that's fine because heaven's real and the word says it's real. So I'm going by the perfect theology and that's Jesus. And number two, but the next person, but the next person dies. And the third person, fourth person, guess what? Cancer didn't get bigger, but Jesus is still up here. So you got to keep on going for it. It's a choice. Guess what? You're going to make it. You're going you're gonna to beat it. But don't stop trying. Don't stop trying. And somebody, oh, I just love the wisdom of, of, of Papa Bill Johnson. He, he, he said somebody asked him, hey, what do you do when you come up to somebody or you're the one and you've been prayed for by 40 people, 50 people, everybody you think that's the most anointed and it still doesn't, and, and they come to you and say that when just before you pray, what do you do? And you know what Bill Johnson said? He goes, I look at him and say, would you partner with me and let me pray for you as if you've never been prayed before? Why? Because we can't get caught, or we have to renew our mind. Because what's your mind saying? Oh, it's just not going to happen again. It's not gonna... No, we have to change that. Let there be a change in a thought pattern and say today could be the day. What, we we got to believe in the what ifs again. The what ifs. And you got to get back to some of the simple things. Like the, I love hearing about the, the old Pentecostal movements where pretty much they didn't pray much other than more Lord, more Lord, more Lord. Why? Because they, they realized if more of Jesus came on, the more of the Holy Spirit, they're good. Everything else came. We need to be like a child. Matthew 18, 2-4. Jesus called little ones to his side and said to them, learn this well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about king, heaven's kingdom realm. Oh, I love that. With the wide open wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter it. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like the child, a gentle child is the greatest one in, in heaven's kingdom's reality. You guys, we need to look at life and Jesus and the kingdom. No matter if you've been saved 40 years, 50 years, we need to look at it with a wide-eyed wonder of a child. A wide-eyed. Like I talked about my daughter. That girl would never think I'm going to hurt her. She's hilarious. It's her birthday coming up, and I love it. I'm like, well, kids, let's look at some things you might want. But she wants everything. She's a child. She just thinks, yeah. And I love messing with her. Because she believes anything I say, and I go, oh, it's just, oh no, Kes, you don't like that. Oh, I don't like that? I'm like, no, you don't. Really? I think I do. No, you don't like that. Oh, okay. Like, come on. It's hilarious. 
Because she's like a child. She believes. But we need to make sure we're reading the right source and not being like me, messing with her. Because Jesus doesn't. He doesn't mess with us. His word is true. But he does. Guess what's cool is? We need to be like a child when the Lord says, no, Kevin, you actually don't like that. Well, I think I do. No, you don't. You actually don't. Because I know you. The junk. He knows. He's, you got to listen to that small voice sometimes. Because he's saying, no, 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 you don't need that. You don't need that. Come on. Due to time, I'm going to skip a little something here. We're going to end here. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. The ten virgins. The oil. You guys all know this. If you don't, read it. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. At the time of my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took an extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took flasks of oil, olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Come on. Then suddenly in the middle of the night, they're awakened by the shout, Get up! The bridegroom is here! Come out and have an encounter with him. I know this is talking about the, the coming of Christ, but we can also, Scripture's words can mean so many other things. It can mean even now. Come on, we have to be prepared. We need church. Get your oil filled. I've been feeling so much when I sp- spend time with the Lord. He's like, come on, tell people around you. This is not a time to just wait for the doors to open up. Not wait till the, the, this all just passes. It's time to prepare. It's the time to, to come and seek me. It's a time so that when the door, when things unlock, first of all, things are going to happen before that, but even when they really open up, I'm not just talking about church, I'm talking about in general, that you need to be ready because it's going to be like a whole bunch of crazy, fired-up believers just blasting through the gate. But guess what? There's more than enough. There's more than enough. Why? Because those who have prepared are going to have the oil in their lamps. Why? Because they want to encounter him. Where was that? The bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. That's verse 6. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the wise men, the wise ones, share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. This is interesting. Because you'd be like, well, why wouldn't they share? Don't they, aren't they like, Jesus, aren't you supposed to share with me? But guess what? The oil that they're talking about is intimacy. The oil, the oil they're talking about is, is being with him. You can't share that. That's a one-on-one connection. You can share what you've experienced, but they can share the experience, but you can't share the real thing. That's between you and God. It's so important that we're building our own foundation with the Lord. We're building our own oil with Him. We're producing something with Him, Him and Him alone. Church, we gotta burn again, and we have to choose, and you can only burn if you got oil to burn. You gotta have something. And I'll tell you, sometimes you just throw yourself on the altar. Because he, he just gives you back so much more. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough for all of us. You'll have to go and buy some for yourself. But while the girls were out buying oil, the bridegroom appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with them and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the, the doors were locked. Again, this is talking about later on. But I'm telling you, you don't want to miss out. I'm encouraging you. This is an encouraging word. Let's not get caught up in what happened to the ones that didn't because we don't want to be those. 
but I, I would be wrong not to, to, to encourage you because there is people, you guys, there's people all around us that are choosing not to love Jesus. We have to create a lifestyle, a communion with him, to be ready no matter what happens. And I, I want to encourage you, there's some of you that have said, oh, I've been so rocked during this season. It's kind of just thrown me off. It just seems like one thing after an hour after another. Let's realize it and not get beat ourselves up and say, what needs to change? What needs to put us in a place that nothing can rock us? No matter what comes against us, that we can just stay on that foundation. Oh. But he called back, go away. Do I know you? I can assure you, I don't even know you. Wow. That is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert because you don't know the day or hour the bridegroom will appear. We need to constantly choose a lifestyle that is aware of God. That's the biggest key. Because when you're aware of him, you're inviting him into your life. You guys, God is a gentleman. He's not gonna force things on you. You have to choose. If you want more, more fire, more of his presence, you choose daily. You, you speak it over yourself. You, you go after. You get in the Word. You burn. You choose. You guys, we're all hungry. There's something happening. There's a grace. Uh, I sometimes I'm torn with God. I'm like, Lord, is the grace now? Or has it always been? Is it a new season? Because I see heaven's always open. But there seems to be this grace upon the body of Christ to say, come up here. Come up now. Come experience me. And some of you guys, sometimes you're like, well, I feel I'm hitting a roadblock. Then choose to do something different. If you're doing the exact same thing and it's making the same results, that's foolishness. Choose to try something different. Oh, get in the, choose to put a time away just to be with him. You saying, hey, but my family is too chaotic. We're stuck in our homes with our kids. Then spend time with Jesus with your kids. Ask for his wisdom. That's what we've been doing. Like, Lord, how can we build up our children? Lord, give us strategies. Come on. It's so easy to get entangled with the things on the side. You have to stay focused on him. So I just want to invite you right now, as I'm closing up right now, if you're somewhere, just stand up, get on your feet. If you're in your house, I just want to pray for a fresh fire over you, a fresh baptism. It's funny, I had in my notes, uh, I think, and, and break up the talk about the wind. And I have this little notes that say extras, which we can get to. And the top of it says John 20, verse 22. And it says, then, taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask your breath, that wind of heaven, which is from you, Lord God, to come over the people as they're watching today. Those who are engaging right now the truth, let them actually feel a tangible presence, a, tach, a tangible wind, a tangible something right now. Right now, I pray for fire to come. Lord God, this is the grace, your spirit to come out of that they can know that today I can stand up. Today I can go further. Today I'm no longer a victim. Today I choose to say I'm a conqueror. Today I choose to say that I'm, a, I'm here for such a time as this. You guys, that verse that says so for such a time as this, read it. She says, you, basically says Esther chooses. Is this, it actually is a question. Is this the time they're here for such a time as this? She made the choice. Go check it out. You have to choose to say, I'm here for such a time as this. You choose to say, I am carrying the kingdom of God upon you. 
So Lord, right now, release your fire. Lord, I just thank you. Even right now, I just sense, Lord God, you're just your spirit coming into their homes right now. And if you need a miracle right now, grab your, grab your hand or whatever it is, and I just want to declare a supernatural. Why? Because Christ in you. What did I read in here? It said in the Word of God, it says that you are to, what? Cast out demons. It's what? To heal the sick. You! So lay hands on yourself. Right now, oh, right now, whatever you need, just right now, I declare the healing power right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, I pray you'd move through your saints today. You would move, Lord God, that there would be suddenlies right now in their homes. Lord, that your lightnings and your thunders of heaven would come, God. Lord God, that you would make a way where there feels like there's no way, Lord God. Lord, I just sense right now as those that are watching, I'm just, I'm seeing walls, Jericho's walls falling down around people. A choice to say, I am victorious. Why? Because they worshiped him just like the, the Hebrews did, just like the, the, the Joshua did. They went and worshiped Jesus. And the walls fell down. But guess what? When you study that, Joshua and his people had to choose to now take over. The walls fell, but they had to choose to go occupy the land. They had to choose to go further. So right now, Lord, we just choose your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. Be blessed.